Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome back to Ozbiz. Lovely to have your company live from our Brangaroo studios. You've tuned in for the call. 10 stocks picked by you. I put uh, those stocks to uh, two experts on the panel today, and we do it all in one hour. Let's bring in the team today. Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Michael, hello, sir. Thank you. Good to be here. Um, and also Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. Mark, good afternoon. Good to see you. All right. First thoughts on... Uh, uh, was it Jerome Powell had the biggest influence on markets earlier this morning or mm. Janet Yellen, the boss of the Federal Reserve or the Treasury Secretary, both talking at the same time? Yeah, well, just uh, we all know that, um, that Powell has a tendency to uh, not communicate well right, um, and disappoint people. And uh, I don't know, maybe Janet just felt like she was going to be upstage and thought she'd throw a throw a hat in the mix as well, hat in the ring. So, yeah, look, a bit of a bit of a clown, bit of a circus over there. Um, yeah. So, two big things to come out of it was it drone pals saying rate cuts not on the agenda anytime soon, and mm. Janet Yellen saying, "Well, we won't in- increase the insurance on bank deposits yep. above two hundred and fifty thousand dollars." Two pretty significant announcements to come out. Yeah, and I they? think. I don't know. I think with with Powell, maybe there's maybe there's an ego thing because you know a number of weeks ago, you know, he said, yeah, you know, he was saying certain things about what rates, you know, what was happening with rates. There'll be many more rises. Don't yeah. get, don't get too excited. And they did indicate that a pause was was considered for yeah. for for today. Um, and obviously, they just went with the expected twenty five basis points. But I think he doesn't want to feel as though you know the market or, or other forces uh, are changing what he needs to mm. what he needs to do and instead of just saying look we consider a pause where we're doing 25 yeah that basically this is we're getting to the end of it now but if we need to do more we will whether yeah. there's cuts or not you know that's too early to talk about that i think that'd be the sensible approach but he seems to sort of want to show that he's still the strong man and right doesn't the theatrics of yeah. Uh, uh, that's not very American, is it? <laughs> um, Mark, what do you think of? Yeah, given oh, that he is a spooked everyone, didn't it? Yeah, given he is a poor communicator, I just prefer to try and look at the facts. Inflation's still at six percent; it's not coming back down to the target band. Yep. Like, and those like uh, pundits and uh, analysts have been cherry picking that yield curve for the last week, saying they're yep. pricing in cuts. But that's got a hell of a lot more to do with the move index, the bond volatility, and I would I dare uh, say some margin calls in the futures market, yeah. uh, where people right. have been caught off guard. And I don't see those, you know, those cuts being. So they're not pricing in cuts, they're just having to you know, pay away to get out of positions because yep. they've been caught off guard rather than anything else. So we, um, and, uh, and I think he had to address that, basically saying that there's going to not, because there won't be any cuts this year, like, yep. unless the entire system completely breaks down 
it's just absolutely not a chance. I mean, if we and we were, it was a few um, financial journalists going, well, you know, they're pricing in cuts in July. We're we've only got two inflation numbers <laughs> until then. Yeah. There's no way that they're pulling it around. And, so. and it's a different economy, is that interest rate increases aren't as potent over there as they are here because the level of personal debt. Yeah, level of personal, but also people have thirty-year mortgages. Um, yeah. So, so they and they're all fixed. So mm. they they don't get passed on quickly, unlike here. Yeah. The banks are the first line. They deal direct with the Fed, and obviously yeah. they were always going to be the first domino <coughs> fall. Yeah. Um, I think that lack of liquidity now will just trickle through to the real economy, and yeah. I think we'll stop fearing what the. So it's uh, actually a credit squeeze. Uh, yeah, effectively. Um, we'll stop worrying about what the terminal rate's going to be. Right. And we'll actually start worrying about the lack of liquidity in the recession probably over right. the next month instead. So, but, you know, but these when we see the unemployment figures turn around, if you've had, if anyone wants to go and look that up, Google it or whatever, they turn when they turn around, they turn around super, super sharply. Right. So it's. I think um, that yield curve inversion at uh, over 100, but negative over um, 100 basis points is a very good precursor into um, right. So the bond recession. market's telling us. The bond market's telling us, but it, yeah, but the, given the high volatility mm. in the bond market at the moment, it's yeah. not a great lead indicator. It's probably one of the 1% of times you probably just want to just wait a couple of weeks okay. minimum until they sort it's themselves uncertain, out. Isn't it? it is very uncertain, yeah. Yeah, all right. Let's take a look at the, uh, the stocks you want us to cover today. Integrative Research, uh, Hum, NextDC, Hello World and Lynch Group. Uh, a fair mixture of different stocks here, which is good. Thought uh, stock of the day, we'd take a look at Sigma Healthcare, seeing everybody's a bit bearish at the moment, a bit gloomy Sigma. Uh, we'll look to pay a final dividend of uh, half a cent a share, fully franked, after a post of a net profit of $1.8 million. That's up from the $7.2 million loss last financial year. Recorded revenue of $3.5 billion. That's up 6.2%. Chief Executive says the company is making progress on its simplification strategy including transitioning its uh, business to logistics. Um, market, uh, sorry, dropped 3%. Um, it, of course, owns Amcal and the Dista, uh, Discount Drugstore brands, amongst a, a lot of things. Um, Michael, what do you think of the mm. Sigma result? Um, well, it's good to see they're, they're profitable the again. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, this business over time, it has been very up and down. So, you know, they... They have been making a loss for the last couple of years. There was yep. you know, brief periods where it looked okay, but you know, even even when we go back about five years ago, they were, um, you know, we could see their earnings were, were up and down, and and you know, and so was their share price. I mean, it um, you know got as high as about a dollar fifty back in 2016, and um, the, the share price was already collapsing before COVID even turned up. So. Um, yeah, that sort of earnings variability makes it a, a tough investment proposition. I mean, good to see they're, they're now um, profitable. I mean, margins have always been an issue with, with this business. So um, we'll have to go through the, the result in a bit more, bit more mm. detail to okay. see how that might pan out. Obviously, judging by the market reaction, it wasn't uh, a good enough swing, um, mm. unfortunately. So. Um, yeah, look, I, I just, yeah, as, as I mentioned earlier, I just think it's a tough business to invest in because of that, um, that variability of their earnings over time. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
market? They've got big competitors, Priceline, Chemist Warehouse. That's the thing. I mean, it's it's flagged as a healthcare stock, but realistically, it's pretty consumer discretionary, to be honest. Yep. Um, and you know, we've got you know, you got a situation where yes, they've done they've done all the right things, and I feel for management because you know they've it's a pretty good report in isolation. Um, they've picked a day where you know the market's down. Um, and you know they probably should uh, get a little bit more credit than what they're going to what they're going to get for this result. So um, they've improved their logistics, they've improved their margins ever so slightly, they've reduced their debt, um, they've gone back in black. So you know they're, they're good things from management. Um, but look, if it's not as I said, it's not really a healthcare stock. Um, I think there's far better retailers out there, and um, and there's far better healthcare stocks out there. So yeah, I mean particularly in the health. I mean, realistically, we've got some of the best in class um, companies in the world in both of those sectors. Mm. So, given, as you said, the uncertainty at the moment, I, you know, I mean, you yeah, know, lot to uh, choose tip from. of the hat to management, but I, yeah, it's it's not for Wouldn't us. Wouldn't be in it. Okay. All right, let's get into the stocks that uh, you want us to take a look at. Nicholas wants a view, uh, Mark, on integrated research. The uh, um, Basically, they do... Um, um, digital infrastructure, computer infrastructure, IT infrastructure for um, airlines, banks, telcos. They've got a real niche, haven't they? Yeah, they do have a good little niche. Um, analytics to the back end, data management, yeah. things like that. Um, their results are largely improving overall. Um, seems that they've got quite a high debt um, ratio as well. So that's something that obviously at the moment with them. Um, but there being a liquidity crunch or yeah. um, you know credit spreads blowing out, that's probably not going to be particularly favourable. Um, it has stabilised pretty well for the last year um, after coming in. Like I think somewhere in around twenty twenty, it was about four dollars seventy five. Right. So it's had a pretty dramatic fall overall. So I'd just, for me, I'd put it on the watch list for now. They've, they've sort of gone back to improving their margins, their revenue starting to improve, their net profitable just. Um, so just, I think I'd probably just watch um, considering the market conditions particularly. Yep. And that's probably going to be my caveat for a lot of the stocks today. You know, right. Considering the market conditions, the, um, you know, whilst a lot of these companies may be, may be stabilising and, imp- and improving, you, know, you really need to be of a fairly defensive yep. mindset just in case well, at the moment. 480 during mm. the pandemic. And yeah. And 44 cents. I mean, look, if you've had them for a long time, you probably just hold. Right. Um, but yeah, because I think the damage has already realistically yeah, yeah. been done and, and the numbers are improving a little bit. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a hard pass uh, yeah. in terms of new money. Okay. Michael? Yeah, this, this is another business where their earnings have been very hit and miss. So um, before COVID came along, the share price was already on... Um, on a bit of a slide because they were uh, they were making a loss back then as well. So, you know, COVID came along and anything tech related had a bit of a bit of a rally. So, I mean, this this was a sort of a two fifty ish stock before COVID. Managed to run up to about four eighty as you mentioned, yeah. but um, I can't see it going anywhere back to to those prices, of course, because it was just a you know tech fueled uh, frenzy really. Yeah. So, um, yeah, look, I think. Yeah, a business like this, I'd like to see a few more sort of halves of, of positive earnings um, and earnings growth to get a bit more confidence in, in the business. I mean, it might look cheap at, at 40-something cents, but um, it may well get cheaper. So, I mean, in terms of the way it's trading on the chart, it looks like it's trying to find 
some sort of support here, but I think there'll be more reliable um, opportunities out there, especially when you see the markets come back, you know, eight or nine percent since since the start of February, and uh, you know, there's potential sort of bargains emerging in better companies. Mm. Um, I'd, yeah, I'd give this one a miss. Okay, all right. Um, uh, next stock to uh, have a look at and want to view, uh, Michael, on Hum, the uh, the financial group. It used to be Flexi Group, didn't it? Sort yeah. The old old fashioned. Um, uh, flexi commercial products um, um, and then got into buy now pay later changed its name to hum so it could become sexy and mm. ride the buy now pay later wave yeah. didn't quite do that but um, now it seems to be caught between a rock and a hard place yeah exactly I think you know it seemed seemed a good idea at the time to go to buy now pay later yeah. just just as just before the whole sector but they still sort of do credit over. cards, what finance yeah. to small business, all that sort of stuff. They've done that all the all the way along. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, look, I mean, it's not not a bad business the way it's being operated. But I think at this part of the cycle, um, you know, anything lending related, it's uh, it's not getting a look in. Um, they've got a bit of debt as well. I think the markets may be pricing in a, a potential capital raising. Yeah, if that doesn't occur, then you might get a bit of share price relief. But um, yeah, unfortunately, it's yeah we've just got this. I mean, this is I've got the chart here on my screen. It's about a ten-year downtrend. It's just uh, yeah, um, obviously not not the best investment from that point of view, and obviously not the best part of the cycle to be uh, getting involved with lenders who lend to um, you know a particular segment of the market that might struggle to. Yeah. to pay back those, uh, those their, loans. Their biggest competitor, would you say, would be Latitude at the moment, would it? Would, um, uh, I'd say so. I mean, it's not, a, it's not a sector I'm yeah. getting involved in, but yeah, those, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Latitude would be pretty, you know, pretty close. Um, yeah. yeah, they're mainly, they're, they're key demographics over 35s and homeowners, yeah. which obviously is probably going to have, you know, that demographic is going to have a bit of a rough year. Um, I'm not sure. I've got them here, here you know, with uh, like a hundred million in cash, basically, um, trading at about half their you know price to assets ratios. So uh, unless my refinitive's wrong, um, but the um, but yeah, it it looks to me, you know, they their last report said their record um, record low credit default, but you know, with credit defaults, obviously they they usually remain extraordinarily low, and then they blow out usually in one year. Right. Um, so you know, they, you can't really take that that number being you know lower uh, for yeah. the last twelve months is what's going to happen <laughs> for the next twelve months, um, because I think that you know that over thirty five homeowner with a mortgage demographic is yeah. going to be pretty under the pump. So they do have a twenty five year track record. There's been director buying in the stock as well over the last sort of five or six days. Um, all mm. the last yeah. Uh, in, in reasonable size, particularly for the actual volume in the stock. So um, they've reduced their, uh, you know, their non-core operations. I think they're sort of winding back um, a little bit of that expansion and things. So there's a bit of fiscal discipline there. Um, I mean, it makes money. So and they're, and they're paying a very small dividend. Um, but this this whole sector at the moment, or anything to yep. do with consumer lending, um, is you know is getting really hammered. So. I'd um, it'd be the sort of thing where I'd just keep an eye on it, and if it starts to trade any lower, but I mean, it's trading at a it's trading at a discount to um, price to assets, um, the lowest probably in the sector, to be yeah. honest. So, 
I think that probably puts it on the mm-hmm. radar for you know a potential as a potential takeover target. Private equities right. are fishing around, like particularly if they are sitting on that much cash. I mean, it's only two hundred mil market cap, so right. on a with hundred million cash. Well, that's that's what I'm uh, you know that's what I'm reading from the um, from what I've got here. So, um, but yeah, obviously Michael said there's a bit of debt there, so it um, you know I'll, I'll have to go and check that. But yeah, look, I, I'd keep an eye on this. I okay. keep a high, an eye on the whole sector. <coughs> to be honest, latitude's probably off the table because of that data breach yep. at the moment but yep. um but stuff like um with good technology like money me um or even judo banks been smashed in the last you know yep. in the last couple of weeks um it's got a pretty simple banking a business model it's yep. pretty much just you know carbon half carbon copied cba yeah um and you know they're starting to go super profitable and they've dropped right. does uh, does credit court get a look in if um, loan books are going to deteriorate? Yeah, well, it depends on how high the default rate gets. Yeah. I guess they, they, it'll be it'll be a muddled set of books for a period of time because the default rate may spike mm. higher and then obviously they'll be able to adjust their uh, what they pay for those books, um, mm. you know, probably after the fact. They won't be able to preemptively right. start, uh, okay. you know, and unless, um, you know, unless they've got, if they've got the figures to back it up, so yeah. Um, so yeah, but it'd be the sort of thing where maybe yeah, credit court would probably be not you you know maybe wait six months and see how see if the how default rate passes because yep. then for the preceding year they'll probably be ch- um, picking up those bad debts at mm. much much cheaper prices. Yep, absolutely. All right, okay. Uh, let's uh, look at data centres now, and Netta wants a view. Uh, Mark on next DC, 11 data centers in our major capital cities at the moment. Uh, was one of the stars of COVID, was it? It was, yeah. This is, I mean, it's pretty much an infrastructure business. Yep. Um, and look, it's trading at sort of around about uh, price to assets, around about a three multiple. So, um, See a little bit of property in there, but they have adopted a growth strategy in recent times, um, which you know, as as credit gets tight, and you know, you, yeah, they probably picked the wrong time. And oh, look, there's been a few companies that have done that, um, but look, they've got really sticky customers, an eighty percent mm. margin. Um, I just think it will likely get eighty percent margin. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, and obviously, it's all, a lot of the capex is done up front, and then you know, they start to reap the rewards down the line. Yep. So this is the sort of thing you probably want to buy, but there's a panic sell-off at some stage in the next few months, right? which, um, you know, could very well happen. This is the sort of thing you may be buying a bad, you know, on a bad run yep. um, because it's, it'll be a good sort of two, three-year investment. Right. Um, but at the moment, that growth strategy, <coughs> I don't think is going to attract investors. Um, if anything, it's probably going to turn people away a little bit. Right. Um, but, you know, they're... They're in premium spots, premium mm. real estate. So there's, but there's just a few headwinds at the moment. But I think, yeah, have, have a look at this. If one. you're in it, hold it. Oh, if you're in it, hold it. Absolutely. Right. I'd, I'd probably, you know, I'd just be sitting there on the bid down around those uh, June lows last year, or um, yeah. So what's that? Uh, it's around the sort of eight dollar mark, I think. So right. yeah, Michael. Um, yeah, look, I'd, I'd be happy to hold. Um, Similarly, I'd prefer to to buy it on a dip. I mean, just looking at some of their recent announcements, yeah, the revenue profile is quite strong. So they're able to pass through uh, much of the CPI increases. They've been cost cutting. Um, It looks like at their recent results, sales are a bit softer than than what um, maybe some were expecting. But um, 
yeah, only to add to, to what Mark said, I, yeah, they've got a pretty good revenue profile mm. and I think on a dip would be better off given the run that it's had since um, since yeah. those lows. And so you agreed down around that eight buck mark at a... Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think if you see it somewhere down there, you, you definitely have to have a look at it. Get involved, okay. All right, uh, Michael, Tim wants a view on Hello World, the uh, the big travel agency. Similar, I suppose, to mm. sort of flight centre, isn't it? But uh, has it lots of um, uh, big government accounts as well. Let's begin there. Yeah, so this one, um, I think when they had the results back in February, it, even though it ran into the results, I think um, you know some of the market was expecting a, a small loss and they turned up with a mm. bit of a profit at a, and a guidance upgrade, which, uh, which is always nice. Um, yeah, look, we, we all know how well travel has done recently, um, but of course there's just question marks on where it goes to from here. I mean, on the positive side, uh, as, as we've heard from Qantas um, a few weeks or so ago, you know, flight costs should be heading lower later this year. Maybe that helps uh, a little bit with, with travel, but I just think that discretionary spend is really going to come under pressure um, later this year. I mean, we, right. we're already seeing um, you know, households uh, basically, they've gone through their savings since, since COVID. And um, I think there was, there was some stat out this <coughs> morning um, in New South Wales, it was something like half of half of the households would um, would be in debt if they received a, an unexpected bill of six hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, belt tightening I think might might impact this business. I'd be happy to hold for now. I think that um, yeah, it looks looks fine the way it's trading. They've you know they've they've done pretty well. There might be a bit more upside, but I think to buy it here is a bit. Right. starting to get a bit risky. So are you the same across the travel sector? Because, you know, you can be, you rattle them off, Webjet, corporate travel, you know, Qantas flight centre, hello world. Yeah, all I think in the same yeah, travel and they? discretionary spending. Um, I think discretionary spending could, you know, those businesses could provide an opportunity um, if they become more beaten down. Yeah. Um, but with travel, I think it's just come off the back of okay. a, a pretty good tailwind. Look, I... You know, they've done better than I thought they would. But, yeah, I think we're getting to that sort of crunch mm. yet now. Okay. Mark? Uh, yeah, look, um, corporate travel or um, event hospitality, probably the only two we consider in this sector. Yeah. Um, corporate travel actually bought a chunk of the business, um, business travel off Hello World, I think, March last year. Um, and looking through Hello World's books, like that was about a fifth, or, well, sorry, um, a little bit more, um, about a quarter, I think, of their total mm. revenue. Okay. And they sold it for like 175 million. It's about 800 to 900 million bucks worth of revenue. So I think corporate travel probably got a bit of a bargain there. Um, and look, with, with corporate travel, it hasn't re- it's been slower to come back online. Um, but a lot of the purchases, and it's in cash, so yeah. uh, I, in terms of it hasn't had to borrow money like Flight Centre, it hasn't issued an absolute truck ton of shares like Webjet has. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a, it's a, corporate travel's a really well-run business and they expect the business, if, if it returns to 2019 levels, to be 75% larger than right. what, it, what it was and it's trading at a, well, I think it's trading about $8 cheaper than where it was in 2019. So this one I'd be selling and going into corporate travel. Um, event hospitality as well. I think, you know, there's, a, there's an element of normality um, 
like small spends in you know obviously going to the cinemas and things but that Threadbow resort etc yep. um, is you know is done and dusted now and they're starting to reap the benefits of that um, so I you know and it's got a bit more of a diversified um, you know business yep. model so they they would be our two they're our two preferred in the sector um, so I'd be selling Hello World and, and flipping into one of those okay. two. All right. Uh, now to an ag stock that we don't don't often have here on the call. It hasn't come up on, uh, on my segments. Derek wants a view. Uh, Mark, on Lynch Group, the wholesale floral company. Uh, they uh, grow the flowers, um, merchandise them, uh, supply them to supermarkets, commercial outlets throughout Australia and China. Uh, what do you think of Lynch Group? Strangely enough, um, I, I even I'd forgotten. We we had this on the call eight about eighteen months ago. Right, I was yeah, looking yeah. up this morning because I <laughs> I'd completely forgotten. But um, yeah, look, flowers very discretionary. The stock yep. is super super thin. Um, they've had this China story going on um, for a while now, um, and it hasn't seemed to have helped the share price very well. Um, but if you go and dig a little bit deeper. They've, they've got some extraordinarily good shareholders. There's some mm. you know, big fund managers in this stock um, for whatever reason. Uh, maybe they just can't get out um, because it doesn't, it doesn't trade a lot and there's, the bid off is not fantastic. Um, but look, it's, you know, it's, it's not heavily in debt. It's, you know, it, it's got an okay PE. Um, it's certainly not something I would consider uh, in a market where caution is required because yes. you just, it'll be impossible to get out. Right. Okay. So this would be so the sort too, of too illiquid for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's too, way too illiquid, I think. And then I think with their green, you know, some of the um, flowers they grow obviously require energy for greenhouses, and that, those bills have gone up, so their yeah. margins might decrease. If you're uh, if you're struggling with your mortgage, you know, flowers may not be a particular right. priority, okay. I, I suppose. Um, so um, yeah, it's it's certainly not something. This would be something I probably can. I think it will it will lag any recovery that happens later in right. the year, um, and you'll probably get more than an ample opportunity to get into it. Um, you know, once you can confirm that the you know that the coast is clear and the economy's not. Sure. Um, you know, the banks are okay and the economy's yeah. not falling apart. So yeah, I just it'd be a watch list for me, um, and yeah, just keep an eye on it if you really like it, but. I, I yeah I don't know it's pretty specific okay. there's a lot of good companies out there sure Michael um, yeah liquidity is is an issue and I think for that I'd have to um, say it's a no for me I mean it didn't even looks like yesterday and I think even the day before it didn't even trade right um, just no okay. shares yeah um, changed hands um, and obviously it's quite quite discretionary um, but on the positive side you know they were impacted by so they've been in China I think for about 16 years mm. um, and it looks like about a quarter of their earnings uh, are through China so obviously impacted by lockdowns but on the flip side you've got the opportunity as as China reopens in some ways this is one way to play perhaps that reopening of of China but yeah. um, again costs are high that's 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 a problem and, and the discretionary spend locally um, the chart looks like the share price wants to go up but you know you might get stuck with it and uh, be unable to get out. So it look, looks like a nice little business, but yeah, I'd have to say no in, on this In one. more buoyant times, yeah, maybe yeah. Uh, a good business to have that way. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, let's uh, recap our first five stocks and our stock of the day, which was uh, Sigma and O from both Mark and Michael on Sigma. 
uh, much better alternatives in the healthcare space or, or the retail space, depending on how you class Sigma. Uh, integrated research, I know from Michael, um, Mark has it on its watch list, his watch list, HUM, very similar. Um, know from Michael, watch it at these levels for, um, uh, for Mark. Next DC, a hold from both. But both agree, good company. If there's a pullback to around $8, then they'd be interested in Next DC. Hello World, a hold from Michael, sell from Mark in this whole sort of travel sector. Uh, he prefers corporate tra- travel or, or events, hospitality uh, as the two. So he'd rotate if you're interested in the, uh, in the travel sector out of Hello World and into either of those two and Lynch Group a no. Uh, here on the call, uh, we've been following our own high conviction fantasy fund as picked by our investment committee. The, uh, March Investment Committee meeting is on the platform as we speak. Uh, uh, at that March Committee meeting, the committee decided to get out of Seven Group and Janison Education, uh, trim their mineral resources um, holding, and add MA Financial and Austal to the to the portfolio since the first of March last year. Um, the fund is up about seven percent. Keep the requests coming in to the call here because that's the uh, precursor, the filter of getting up to the investment committee. Any stock with two buys uh, gets recommended up. We haven't had many of those over the last couple of days. The last one I think was uh, John's Ling uh, was a double buy by the uh, the investment committee earlier in this week and corporate travel. So. That will go up to the Investment Committee in the April meeting. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Uh, this half hour, you've asked us to take a look at Metcash, Zero, Task Group, Symbio Holdings and Premium. All right. Halley wants a view, Michael, on, on Metcash, mm. the uh, the big grocery wholesaler suppliers, IGA and Foodland, along with Mitre 10, Timber and Hardware. <coughs> yeah, look, at. Um, I mean, the first thing I've I noticed when I pulled this one up is terrible looking chart and actually last few days it looks like it's breaking a very major support level so um, whereas you have Woolworths sort of tracking along okay yep. past few months this one's to me look, looks like it's breaking down so very negative on the um, on the charting point of view um, in terms of the business itself I think you know you've got You've got food inflation potentially a positive. You've you've got other costs going up. That's a negative. They've, they're into the hardware and the tools, and that's quite discretionary as well. So, again, if you're looking at discretionary spending, if you're looking at construction spending, which is slowing down, I mm. think that's going to be a problem for that that segment of the business. So, um, yeah, look on on balance, it's not one I'd be. So why why is it lagging out of step with your Coles and your Woolworths? 
Is it, um, is it because it's got too many airlines? Like, like Woolies is pure supermarkets. They sold off all their hotels and Dan Murphy's into mm. Endeavour Group. This has got IGM Foodland, of course, but, but Botlow Celebration brand and then into the hardware, which is sort of Bunnings territory. Um, yeah. are, are investors wanting these discretionary food businesses to be a lot simpler these days? Yeah, I think so. Unfortunately, the I think the hardware is is a drag for right. for this business, okay. and and obviously Coles and Woolworths are, are the powerhouses. They could throw their yeah. weight around and um, and get the better deals. And Metcash have also you know spent a bit on on refurb, refurbing their stores. Right. Um, yeah, just ultimately, it's uh, it's almost it's almost like the banks where you have. You have the majors, and then you have the regionals, and the regionals always seem to right. to struggle. It's Metcash is the you know the regional bank equivalent in the in that space. I think okay. as well. All right, uh, Mark. Yeah, I think the reason is that their net margins half of what you know Woolies and Coles are. They're, just, uh, they're not big enough to screw good enough deals. Well, p- possibly. Um, I've, I've got one of my friends from school uh, worked at um, Victoria and um, Canarella Brothers and. Negotiating with Coles and Woolies were the worst days, you know, of his of his <laughs> year basically. So they uh, they don't do anyone any favours, and right. um, and 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 that's despite the fact that IGA is generally fairly is, is like more expensive to shop. Yes. So um, you know, with with budgets, you know, tightening, um, and obviously all of the on sell stuff that, for instance, I mean. We use Woolworths. Obviously, we get a fairly large shopping budget for the week with, uh, you know, a household of you know, anywhere up to 10 people in it. And, you know, we have the kids' mobiles through or you, you get a discount on insurance and things like that. Right. Um, I don't think, you know, there's no there's not really a rewards system okay. necessarily as well. So I'd agree. Like, I'm not much of a uh, chartist, to be honest, but unless it's quite clear and that breakdown of that, of that major support there is quite clear. Right. Uh, and even winding out to the five-year chart, it's actually a breakdown of the old, of the old sort of pre- and a, a previous high as well. So um, they are at the cheap end of the PE uh, band, but um, yeah, look, it's not a, a business with a margin of one point five percent. There's not a lot of wiggle room for any mistakes. Okay. And look, if you want um, quality in the sector, I think, I mean, you know, Coles and Woolies. Uh, probably, you know, they're they're slightly more expensive, but for a reason. Um, yeah. And look, you know, hardware. I mean, Masters tried to take out Bunnings, and look how that went. So, yeah. um, you know, so do you think, like Coles or Woolies? I think they're a touch expensive at the moment, right. um, and I think they've got just mainly because energy is their biggest. Um, it's not just food inflation. Yes. You know, I think they can manage that, but they can't manage their energy consumption. So. Yeah. And it was, and I'm a little bit disappointed with the rollout of, you know, they they managed to get thousands of stores, and you know, about forty or sixty or something of them that uh, got managed to get solar on top. Like, they've got these massive complexes. It would be mm. so easy for them as big massive companies, and a, well, I think the both of them as a duopoly could go and ask the government, and I'm sure there'd yeah. be subsidies. So, they, you know, I I think that needs to be fixed up within their business. But um, yeah, for for Medcash, it's super. So I know for Medcash. But and no, I'd, I'd wait in consumer staples at the moment. I'm just really liking Elders Grain Corp and things like that, which have been right. belted. So yeah, yeah, they're I would be buying Coles or Woolies. So right. they're, they're they're expensive defensives because of what's happening in the market, and yeah. you need to be looking for the point where you know the market turns and and you move into to right. cheaper stocks. That and we're not in that. 
Oh, look, I, I think we're, we're getting close, but right. um, yeah, they're just too expensive from now. And I think the upside from here is limited as a defensive. Okay. All right. So uh, no, I'm Matt Cash and a no, I'm Coles and Woolley from uh, Mark and Michael. Um, next stop was uh, Attack Darling. Uh, Jonah wants a view, Mark, on Zero, the, uh, the small business accounting platform. Yeah, I've been really critical of Zero's management in recent times because they're sort of pursuing that, you know, growth strategy. Um, and I've had to. Um, and so re- you don't need to be profitable. Well, yeah, they were, they, and they, you know, six odd months ago, I think the uh, might have been the last sort of August uh, update. You know, they were pursuing that heavy growth strategy, and they were one of my favourite tech stocks uh, to be buying on dips until that point because they, I thought that you know they needed to read the room a little bit. All the big yep. tech companies in the world, they have since changed their tune. So it's had it's brought um, new chief executive, new chief executive, um, and look, where did she come from? It came from Silicon Valley. I've forgotten. Oh. Uh, she has worked at Zero in the US for a while, but mm. uh, yeah, it comes from a real tech background. Yeah, but they've done what the big uh, tech companies have done. They've, they've cut 800 jobs, yep. they've exited non, um, you know, exited bad assets. Um, and, you know, the, this is a company that was, I mean, founded in 2006. So those early stages, they haven't really seen an environment like this. It's no. been, you know, free cash flowing everywhere, basically yep. for their entire existence. Um, so I, I like that they've shown a bit of discipline. It's definitely, I'd like to see how that's executed at the next report. Um, but um, yeah, this is very much back um, on, mm. on my buy list. It just at this What's point on the buy time, list? I, it's, it, to, uh, for tech, for tech, I've just got a few favoured names, and we're just we're taking our time and scaling in, you know, just small amounts at a time, because I think it's going to be a little bit too hard to predict. Um, particularly, you know, Nasdaq's rallied six percent in the last week, yeah. and we've had Silicon Valley Bank fall over, and there's going to be a liquidity crunch for loads of those growth businesses. I, I you know, the market's not making a hell of a lot of sense at the moment, so trying to pick a bottom in the tech sector is going to be yeah. fairly difficult. So I. We've basically had a, we've had a bit of a, put together a little bit of a shortlist, and we we just literally split them into five five or six clips, and you just we're just dollar averaging over the course of the year. If there's so a you're big nibbling, down there, if you like. nibbling, um, yeah. But uh, okay. but up until we basically had sold out, um, you know, towards at that okay. into that report last year, I think it was around about ninety five dollars, and and but now. Um, now they've changed their tune. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they need to show fiscal discipline. They, you, you can't, you can't yeah. just co- aggressively try to grow, okay. particularly. So that's a, one of your five. Yeah, no, that'd be, yeah, that'd be, that'd be okay. in the basket. Yeah. All right. Uh, technology ones just on the ticker. I gather that's one of um, ordinate Alta, LTM. Yeah, those sorts of others? things. I like Hub as well. So, oh, okay. um, uh, but I mean that's a little bit financial. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the um, they'll continue to go well. Okay, Michael. Zero, um, zero. Yeah, in terms of the business, similar comments. Um, you know, the cost cutting is is working. There's there's further to go. Um, they're, you know, they're they're able to um, continue increasing their prices so that's that's fairly sticky um, which is good in this environment of um, increasing cpi i mean i use zero and you get the email mm. that it's gone up whatever a month and you just yeah just yeah it just happens mainly because your bookkeeper is on it as well and yeah. so it's it's got to be a double decision you and your bookkeeper and 
often you go, no, nah, the bookkeeper style, I'm not going to yeah, change. Yeah, exactly. and, and they have wooed that bookkeeper market beautifully. That's yeah, the exactly. core. Yeah, so look, they've, they've done well. Obviously, the, the downside is that overseas expansion in the, you know, in the UK and the US and, and look, sale, uh, subscription numbers for, the, for that area is you know, not ideal, but yeah, cost cutting, great, um, sticky prices. And um, I mean, my, when I look at the chart, uh, my read of it is it looks like there's a pretty good low in place and um, and it's really sort of on the way back up now so yep. I'd have it as a speculative buy and I say speculative because yep. of all the everything that's happening um, with tech stocks I mean we could talk about this in a month's time and it's it's collapsed because of hmm. something happening over overseas so look I think it's still it's still a bit of a minefield investing in in tech but although it is um, expanding in the US it's not yeah, and but spent a lot of money expanding. That. And it just, yeah, we just have to see how that that goes. But look, so far it's looking good, and I think at these prices under ninety bucks, it's still still okay. reasonable. It might only be a short term trade if things, you know, roll over in the US. But yeah, um, yeah I think the chart okay. looks good and the business is. What good. you got to remember about the US is fifty plus tax jurisdictions at a state level and then federal level as mm. well. Like. It's not, you know, where they've rolled it out in the UK where there's one system. They've rolled it out in Australia where there's one system. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I, 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 I really the US am, is pretty complicated. US yeah. is super complicated. <laughs> so you know, I've got friends who have, you know, US, uh, American friends who have moved out here and they're keeping their passport and it's just it, every tax time they're just pulling their hair out. Yeah, yeah. So if they get it right, they'll be, it'll be fantastic because they will grow at a rate of knots, but yeah. they've got to get it right. Yeah. Mind you, if they just get California right, that's yeah, as big as very three, three Australians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> so, right. So, do it by state by state. Yeah, interesting comments. All right, our next stock is, uh, again, a bit of a uh, tech solution. This is for the hospitality industry, uh, the old Plexure, now called Task Group. Michael, what do you reckon of Task Group? Yeah, look, is it I've, in the zero I don't even know if category? I've even heard of this one. Right. Um, okay. So that's a no. So no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks like CRM and sales solutions, hospitality. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Gee, that looks pretty illiquid too, doesn't it? Yeah, I was, I was going to say it's it. Yeah, there's days when it doesn't trade either. So yeah. you you almost have to rule that one out. And um, yeah, it has been in a in a downtrend for yeah last couple of years. Um, they recently had a quarterly announcement about 500 grand in cash they generated but it's got a 108 million dollar market cap i yeah it just doesn't look like even if there was liquidity i just don't think it's uh it's at the okay. right prices anyway all right, all right. yeah I'd, I'd never heard of this either um yeah 100 mil market caps rev of 60 mil um even it was nine mil um it's not it gets super Could even get on your radar. No, no. And look, it's dangerous. Like, particularly, you know, thin stocks are dangerous in a bull market, let alone a bear market. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, if you, you know, if you really believe on this and like for the long term, try to take advantage of how thin it is and chuck a bid in at a stupid price below. Right. And you just never know if someone right. panics on a down day. Right. Um, but certainly, if you, like, straight away, don't be hitting the offer. Uh, but if you want to buy it, like right. you just you're immediately just forcing you you're basically probably two percent out of the money. So right. because if you want to pivot and get out, and then you know it turns around. Doesn't mean it's not a good company, um, but you just have to be aware in times where you know times where 
investors are cautious um, and you can earn risk-free yields on the side, you know, sitting on the sidelines. Um, you, I don't know why you would risk necessarily risk your money. Right. There's no, there's no massive case um, from what I read that that suggests you need to put your money on the line for this one and in, in the current market conditions. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, Javier wants a view, uh, Mark, on Symbio Holdings, the telecommunications provider. Uh, provider um, one of the the boy pioneers in Australia helped the likes of Zoom and uh, Skype establish here with uh, voice over internet. Has it been uh, left behind by the rest of the market? Yeah, it has. It's it's obviously been you know it's had a fairly significant drop um, in the last eighteen months. Yeah. Um, I think it was trading around the seven dollar mark. We're at one eighty here at the moment. They. You know, from all reports, the CEO that is in there has got a fairly good reputation. Um, you know, the, but their profit margins have been plummeting. Um, you know, they've got an Asian expansion going on at the moment as well. Um, and there's, you know, there's pretty decent quality. Like Australian broadband in this sector's, I think, is a really good, you know, a good option. Um, I don't know why you would necessarily want to risk with this and just see how it plays out. The analysts are fairly positive on it. There's, you know, strong buy, a buy and a hold overall with price target about 30% above. But, you know, it's until it, until it, um, breaks sort of this downgrade cycle, um, again, it's yeah. not really, I don't think it's worth considering, particularly, like I said, if you want to go into communications, I, I really like Aussie Broadband at the moment. It's it's already had a bit of a rough trot last year, yeah, yeah. Um, and I it was, was savagely that. hit on some fairly okay reports in the last couple of years. So um, I think as that business matures, it, you know, it'll it'll yeah. go quite well. As, so, and you're getting it around three bucks, it's been up to five, so. And they've, um, they focused on the, the premium user. And, yeah, um, I think they had every, something, something like eighty percent of anyone who pays over a hundred bucks. Yeah. So that used to be the stat. So, their um and their customer service is great. I think there's with them there's a little bit of competition. I think some of the you know the big telcos are bringing back their their call centres to Australia, but um, but yeah, it's I, there's better options realistically. Yep. Probably again, you just don't need to be you don't yep. need to be risking your money. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, yeah, similar similar comments. So their earnings have have been going backwards the last few years. Their organic growth's pretty poor. They're, they're, they're expanding in, in Singapore and I think the, the analysts that are positive on the stock are sort of crossing their fingers that that, that actually comes good. But yeah, that's not really something mm. we can rely on. Um, they, they had a downgrade back in December. Um, so they pre-flagged before the February results um, that they had to downgrade their earnings. So the share price had been smashed and it just hasn't hasn't recovered. So I agree with Mark, I, you know, I'd need to see, yeah, you, you don't want to buy something in that sort of downgrade no. cycle, you need to see that turn around. So yeah, other, other opportunities, yeah, obviously Aussie Broadband is, um, it's better looking business, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd even be a seller and at this one. Telstra's had quite a bit of support lately as well. Yeah, Are you there's, a, a fan of Telstra? Look, I'm not, not really a fan of telcos, to be honest. Um, Telstra, never really been a fan of it. But yeah, look, a lot of analysts uh, are you know, quite positive on on their outlook. I mean, I yeah. still think that, um, I, yeah, I just think the upside here is limited. I mean, it's a very, yeah, it's a very small market. Um, yeah. It's hard to grow that, that market share. They can only really try to, um, you know, change around their, their product offerings and, and put through increases. And in some ways it's a bit sticky, but at some point the yeah. consumer will say, you know what, 
I know you've got the better towers, but I might have to save 10 bucks a month and move yeah. over to, to Vodafone. So yeah. that's, there's always that risk. It, it is competitive by the sound of you two, uh, because the telcos always put themselves up as a data play. Uh, might as well go into a data centre rather than, than yeah. a telco if you're going to leverage off that. Yeah, look, and you know the rollout of five G, and yeah, there's there's things like this which will help, which will help Telstra, but I think they're just sort of short term, hmm. um, you know, benefits, and then yeah, there's there's other competitive pressures okay. that can erode that. All if right, you, if you can get fixed interest like risk free at the moment above six percent, I just don't understand. Telstra's had an opportunity to grow for years, hasn't? Yeah. Like you know, why why would you not just go into risk free assets at double double the dividend yeah. or double the yield? Like yeah. I just I don't understand. Telstra, we're not at we're we're not at zero interest rates anymore. Telstra's not really a defensive play right. in my in my mind. So okay, all right. Um, Mark talked about uh, hub a bit earlier. Uh, Michael Jude wants a beyond premium the uh, admin software for investment platforms and financial planning, the wealth industry. You've sort of yeah. got premium net wealth hub, uh, a few in that sector, don't you? Yeah, it's not looking too bad here. They, um, you know, over the past year, their funds under management have increased. <clears throat> They've seen increased inflows. Um, obviously, markets have been tough, so revenue's down, but um, they've been doing cost cutting as well, so their earnings have, have come out okay. Um, it's trading pretty well. There's a trend to it. Um, look, I don't have an opinion whether this one's better than obviously Mark. Mark likes Hub, but you know, I think uh, if you're looking beyond what's happening in the short term in markets, then uh, you know, if markets improve um, generally o- over the next 12 months, then you know, there could be some more upside here. So, um, look, I'd be I'd be happy to hold. I think maybe in the short term, I won't rank it as a buy. There's right. still a bit of volatility okay. there, but. But it looks looks good enough to be a hold. Okay, Mark. Yeah, I like this one. I like I like Hub as well. I mean, look at the poor performance of the fund managers, traditional fund managers over the yeah. last year. Um, <laughs> and this is where this money's going. Um, yeah. People are frustrated with the poor returns, and obviously, there's outflows and no good for those companies. Um, yeah. And you know, they've, they've obviously now there's a there's a fixed income element to, to a lot of portfolios as well. So it's not you know it's not as um, you know, it's not as important to be focused on, um, you know, on, on equities or the growth, the, you know, the growth portion of equities. It's, you know, it's back to fairly traditional stuff. So, um, so yeah, I, I think people will go into these platforms more, you know, more and more. And um, as techno- as the technology gets better, they're, um, they pay dividend. Um, I think it's yeah. roughly about nearly 6%. Um, the PE6, I, yeah, I think the, you know, these guys, I think there's a lot of consolidation going on in the funds management area, but you know, if they're um, going, if you're one of the big fund managers and you've got a little bit of cash left over, you know, why wouldn't you go and, and buy, one, buy, of buy one of your competitors? Yeah. Um, because they, you know, they're clearly eating into the fund inflows for both premium net wealth and hub have been enormous right. um, over the last few years, and that's that's the name of the game in that business. Yep. And um, these guys can do it on scale, and they don't have to pay ridiculous bonuses <coughs> to you know the traders and things like that. So, yep. um, so yeah, I look. I, I this is a nibble for me. Yep. Same as um, you know, I like I like this space. Um, 
And I think more, you know, the more cautious investors are, um, you know, the more they potentially want to manage it, them, you know, manage it themselves and go on one of these platforms. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's a so it'd be a nibble for this and also for Hub. Yeah, yeah. Basically, like I said, it'd be more the, the sort of thing, sort of thing I'd be dollar averaging right. over a period of time. You wouldn't want to go nuts at it. Um, but you know, they've had two, you know, really profitable, um, you know, two half years. So. Yeah. And their, you know, their profit margins is pretty decent as well. So, and the more people they get on the on the platform, the more that margin increases. So yep. they've done all the grumbling. And Michael was saying they benefit from uh, markets going up as well in terms yeah. of the value of their funds under management. But do you see that? occur anytime soon? I think once you've moved, you're probably not moving for a couple of years. Right. And I think what I think what last year showed was that, you know, investors had kind of had enough. Right. You know, they were whilst the market was rallying they were making money, um, yeah. yeah, it was okay. You're sitting there looking at the fees and going, that's okay. But when yeah. uh, quite a few of them have significantly underperformed. You're still really last, bearish on the market though? I yet yeah, I'm I wouldn't say it's come back probably half of what I, I'm I think there's still downside risk I'm very cautious right um, I I'm I'd be lying if I said I know how this is going to play out yeah. so we're, we're very defensive um, you know we've got 15% bonds where I reduced our short into FMC last night um, but probably still five five to seven percent in a, in a short ETF um, and which is BBUS. Uh, no, I mean, we're uh, SNAS at the right. moment, which is the right. NASDAQ one. Um, BBUS sort of already played out. That was right. what we took off. Yeah. Um, and and some cash, because if it does drop, it could be one of the better buying opportunities yeah. for the next few years. And I, and I just think that you want, I don't think the market's going to run away on you to the upside. Right. And I, but you could really nail it for the next, and set up your portfolio for the next couple of mm. years, sitting in some cash and buying, you okay. know, quality businesses at, at cheap prices, which you haven't been able to do for, no. Seen, there was that period through COVID and, you know, you can be excused for not, <laughs> for not buying then. Um, but prior to that, a lot of the quality company, Australian companies have been, always been trading on the higher end of their, yeah. you know, PE range, so. Michael, similar thought? Um, I think these are the levels where the market, our market, I mean, the US market sort of, um, it's trading a bit differently to the Aussie market. But I think the Aussie market here looks like this could be a level um, where it should be finding support. I mean, it does oh, look like good. there's a few. Yeah, I mean, look, it could, it could change. Um, yeah. Of course, you might just get another, another dip. But I think given how far we've pulled back, I mean, we've, um, you know, like Woodside, Mm-hmm. Um, Sandfire, we've been p- started, you know, picking up a few things uh, mm-hmm. around here, just just positioning and look. If the market dips, we've still got a bit of cash yep. with our clients. But um, yeah, I, I think that that a number of stocks have been been showing, yeah, you know, not only looking oversold, but um, you know, in charting land, what we call bullish divergence, meaning right. that sort of the last phase of the move down. Um, the momentum hasn't uh, right. hasn't been too scary, so we could see a pop. Look, maybe it's a short-term pop, yeah. but um, you see so many charts around. I, I follow a, on Twitter a thing called Game of Trades. Yeah, uh, do you follow that? Yeah. Did you that, see that horrible? Yes, I know what you're going to bring up here. Yeah, uh, this is the uh, the chart of the S and P 500 um, in 1973, and the the crash then, the crash of 2008. And then they've got the the chart for the S and P uh, for now, 2023, and it's almost exactly the same 
as yeah. prior to the big drop down. Yeah, one, one, of, the, one of the best... scared the bejesus out of me. One of the best examples of correlation bias, uh, yeah. they call it in psychology, that I've ever seen, because right. it, it looks it looks like you should just be like, and yeah, panicking, the sky's falling. Mm. Yeah. But, um, you know, and there are a lot of similarities, but they're... Um, you know, you would hope to God we've learnt from 2007 <laughs> through 2011, but um, yeah. but you know, it's just it's all right. Uh, I'll make a note yeah. of that correlation bias. Excellent, all right, that's a good, <laughs> good flash term, and I'll hold you to account on it. All right, guys, thank you for that. Good to see you. Uh, let's recap the uh, the final five stocks. Uh, Met Cash, I know from both uh, zero spec buy from uh, from Michael, a uh, bit of a nibble from uh, from Mark. Uh, like the company and at these levels, Task, uh, no from both Symbio, no from both uh, Aussie Broadband is the, the preferred telco for um, for Mark and Premium, a hold from Michael and a nibble for uh, Premium and Hub uh, from Mark. Mark Gardner from uh, Macro, always great to see you, mate. Good to see you. Thank, Thank you. you. Enjoy the rest of the week and also Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Good to see you, mate. Thank you. Uh, if you'd like any stocks for us or for me to put to uh, our expert panel, put them in an email, the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Stick around for the pulse. Stephen Miller from GSFM is uh, coming out next to discuss the Fed hike and a whole lot more. Don't go away. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.